Happy New Year, everyone. It's great to see you all this morning. If I didn't see you on Wednesday at Worship and Prayer, I hope you had a great holiday time, uh, Christmas time with your family. And we are kicking off a brand new series here at the City Church. Now, this book was on your chair when you came in this morning. So why don't you just go ahead and grab it for a couple seconds. And in fact, write your name on the front cover because this is now your book. I want you to take it home with you today. Don't leave it here. And so what we have designed uh, this devotional prayer journal, whatever you would like to call it, uh, just for the next four weeks, they're from Monday to Friday. There's something for you just to prompt your time with God. So if you just look on page three, just explains to you what we're doing with the journal. And then the next page says prayers renewed. So the week, uh, this week coming up, starting tomorrow, we're just going to be focusing on the subject of prayer. We'll give you a thought for the day. We're going to give you a guided prayer in there and then some scriptures uh, about prayer. And then the next page will just give you an opportunity to write something down. Now, just sort of a reflection, some things to think about. Now, some of you might not be used to journaling. And let me just encourage you to break out of your comfort zone and uh, write some stuff down. Because again, this is your book. You can write in it. And just as you're thinking about prayer, as you're praying, uh, we know that it's an effective uh, tool for us to write some things down. It becomes not just imprinted on the page, but imprinted on our hearts. And so there's something for you there from Monday to Friday of this week. And then next week, we're going to be talking about another topic. And we'll preach about that and encourage you uh, moving into that week. And what we want to do with this journal is we want to set our direction. As we start a brand new year, we want to create a good, healthy habit for us of spending time with God. And when we create healthy, godly habits, we will experience uh, godly results in our lives. And so, again, this is not super long. Um, Maybe you could set an alarm and say, if you're a morning person, you'd be like, hey, I'm gonna do this, gonna do the made new journal uh, this morning. Or if you're a night person, you can do it at night. Uh, But again, just go ahead for the next uh, four weeks, set some time aside. And this doesn't have to be the only thing that you're doing. Maybe add some other Bible reading. You can start a Bible reading plan. There's a one-year Bible. You can go to the YouVersion app. And that's just one other thing I wanted to uh, bring attention. So everybody open your YouVersion app on your phone. And then after this, you can put your phone away. But for now, and just so you're not, you're not on Instagram right now, you're gonna be on the YouVersion app. <laughs> and there on the bottom, it says Discover. Now, if you're struggling with this right now, someone at at the info desk will help you after service. But if you just press discover there and in the search bar, if you put in the city church, Mississauga, you will see that our church is now on the YouVersion app. And if you choose our church, the made new prayer devotional is actually on YouVersion. So if you are gathering with us online, you can also follow along. Uh, if you didn't get the physical journal, you can follow along uh, the version app. So it actually took us a little while to get this published on version, but we're pretty excited uh, that this is on here for you to follow along with. If you wanna do the digital version, you can listen to the scriptures, uh, mark them off. But everybody that's here in the room obviously is getting a physical journal. But if you wanted to do the digital version as well, and then we're gonna figure out some way to actually upload the journal that we did last year. Um, And then you can add this as your church. Lots of different things you can do on there. All right, you can put your phones away now. (laughs) 
All right, one other thing as we start this brand new year that I'm going to encourage you to do in the month of January, and it's not just a January thing, but if we can create some sort of healthy habit with it, with this, um, it'll take us through the year in a good way. I'm going to encourage you to do some fasting in January. Can I get an amen? All right, so now the vast majority of us can fast. Now, if you have some sort of medical condition where your doctor has told you that you shouldn't fast, make sure you follow your your doctor's instructions. But the reality is for most of us, less calories is a good thing. And I can just speak from experience. When you start to give your body less calories, it will get angry at you. But you just need to tell it to be quiet that your body is not ruling your life, but spend some time fasting uh, this January. And not just for the sake of not eating food. When, when we're fasting, um, it's just not necessarily gonna feel good. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily just skipping a meal for the purpose of skipping a meal, that we are uh, skipping a meal for a day or an individual meal or something. We'll talk about that here in a second so that we can lean into God. So that what we're doing ultimately when we fast is we're saying, I'm not just gonna be dependent on this thing this food, this drink, that's this habit I have with, with all of my eating, I'm gonna depend on God. And this is what we're doing when we fast, that we are putting God at the center of our lives, that we're desiring God, that we're humbling ourselves um, before God. And when we think about fasting, when we fast, fasting doesn't change God. We're not twisting God's arm when we fast. Fasting changes us. It tunes us better into the ways of God. So there's some different ways that we can fast. A total fast would be maybe you go a day or a few days where you're just drinking water, no food at all. And that's the, you know, that's the, ultimately what we would see what a fast is um, from the scriptures. And there's some, there's some other things that we can do. We can do a partial fast. We can fast a meal or two. And then there's some other things that we could do. We could do a targeted fast. Uh, we've come out of the holiday season. It would not be a bad idea for us to, to target not eating refined sugar. Is everybody excited about fasting? Maybe we just not, you know, we know that these are all healthy things to do anyway. And the fasting um, that we would see from the scripture is also really healthy for your body. There's nothing bad about fasting. Um, So we could target specific things, some sort of food, some sort of drink, some sort of thing that could be the center of our lives. We're going to remove that thing and we're going to focus on God. And then the other thing that I would suggest as it relates to a fast, and this is not a, a physical fast, that this would be something related to your soul, something that's get, getting your whole soul's attention, all of your affection. And it could be something related to screens, that we all have a bunch of screens in our lives. And all of these screens that we have can take all of our attention and all of our time. And some sort of soul fast where we're not just watching this show or that show or spending this amount of time on our phone or whatever the case may be for you that we're gonna replace that time and we're gonna be focusing on God, then there's definitely all of us um, could do something as it relates to fasting. Let me just read you here, Matthew chapter six, verse 16, Jesus says, when you fast, he didn't say if you fast, he says when you fast. So this would be a practice of a Jesus following disciple that we would incorporate fasting into our lives. So when we fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Do not, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received 
their reward in full. So if you do some sort of fasting this week, don't show up to church next Sunday and be like, oh, I've just been fasting all week long and I finally made it to church. No, no, don't do that. Don't try to impress other people with what level of fasting you have chosen. I haven't been on Instagram all week. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. We don't want to do that. We're not going to impress people with our fasting. But then verse 17 says this, but when you fast, put on oil on your head. Now this would be a way for people to look normal back then. Wash your face. This is a good idea every day. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen as your father who sees you, what is done in secret will reward you. So we're not doing fasting for other people. We're not trying to prove how spiritual we are, but this would be some way for us to refocus our attention on God. Can I get an amen? amen? All right, so do some sort of fasting as we start out the new year. So our series, May New, with, with the new year, we are um, focusing on that we know God has made us new, that we have new life in Christ. The scripture talks that we should sing a new song, that we should think new thoughts, that we can experience new joy, that he has made all things new, that he restores us. God is in the new business, making us new. So as we start out this new year, we know that God has made us new, but then he's continuing to make us new every day. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, what is the new creation being talked about here in these verses? If you... Um, you know, if you had dark hair before you got saved, after you got saved, you, you, you still have dark hair unless you go to the salon. If you are, um, what other physical trait can I pick? If you are whatever, <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. If you looked a certain way before you got saved, you looked the same way after you got saved. So what is the newness being talked about? It is the spiritual newness that the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us, recreates our human spirit. So this is the newness that we have in God. We are a new creation. The old has passed away. This old me that's disconnected from God doesn't have a relationship with God. That me is passed away and I'm a new creation in Christ. All of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and trusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's what all of us are. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So that is the mission for us as new creatures in Christ, that we are ambassadors for Christ. He has made us new. He's making us new. But then he's done all of this for a purpose that we can continue to proclaim the message of, hey, you can experience a new life in Christ. But we are made new. Thank God for that. So this week, our focus is on prayer, that we wanna start the year out having a renewed sense of, you know what? I'm gonna spend some time being in this conversation with God. And when we think about prayer, we don't want it to be an arduous thing. Again, I would say it like this. When we think about talking to the people that we love the most, 
This is not a hard thing to do. We actually want to see them because we want to talk to them. We want to hear about their day. We want to know what's going on in their life. And so we love them. So we want to talk to them. And it should be the same way with God. Because this is really ultimately what prayer is, that we are having this dialogue with God, that we are talking to God and God is speaking back to us. First Peter chapter three, verse 12, the first part says this, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. So again, us fasting is not gonna all of a sudden open heaven to us. Now, again, we should fast. This should be something that, that we should you know, do in our lives when we fast, the scripture says. But his ears are open to us already. He has made us righteous. There's not some sort of, you know, uh, we, we don't have to, you know, speak in King James English for God to really hear us. We can talk how we talk. And then his, ear, his ears are open when we pray. There's not a, a brass heaven, so to speak. There's not a ceiling between us and us talking to God. His ears are open. Romans chapter eight, verse 15 says this. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, I know that not everybody has the best experience with their human father, but think about the best experience that you could have with the human father, the best relationship you could have with the father. And this is what the writer of Romans, Paul, is, is helping us to understand that he, that he said oh, that we would cry, that we would cry out, Abba, Father. And Abba is Aramaic, is the language Jesus spoke. And Abba, Father, just means just like, Father maybe seems more formal, but Abba would just mean like saying dad, daddy, that we would have this relationship with God, that there would be no hindrance in the best possible scenario. There'd be no hindrance in us talking to our father. We would, in, in this scenario, we would have a great relationship with our human father, that we would be able to go and have just this familial relationship. Abba, father. Just the cry of a child, almost like the first words. We always have that competition, moms and dads. Are they gonna say mama first? Or are they gonna say dada first? But here really it just means, oh, the child will come to the parent. You know, parents of teenagers, you kind of forget this happened, but your children used to love to talk to you and see you all of the time. And they would just run to you and they would, you know, jump up into your arms. And this is the type of relationship that God is describing that we should have with God as it relates to our life and prayer. So we wanna pray like children. So we're just gonna go through the Lord's prayer here real quick, uh, just as an encouragement this morning. Let's just read it here. In Matthew chapter six, verse five says this. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. We see this theme a couple times here, talking about fasting. We're not doing it to prove how spiritual we are. When we pray, we're not trying to prove to others how spiritual we are. We're not supposed to you know, project, oh my gosh, this is how much I'm praying. And we're, that's our reward, others seeing us. Truly, I say, they have received their reward. Verse six, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, 
and pray to your father who is in secret. We've all heard the, the, the phrase, you know, go into your prayer closet. It doesn't, you don't actually have to go into your closet, your physical closet, but just means just you and God, you and God alone. And your father who sees you in secret will reward you. Verse seven, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Again, Jesus is bringing this relational dynamic, this family relational dynamic into our prayer life that we could just go to our father. And he already knows what we need. He knows us like nobody else knows us. But we're still going to talk to him. We're still going to spend time with him again. We love to spend time with the ones that we love the most. And this is what prayer is. That I'm just going, setting time aside for God. Verse nine, pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, how many of you are old enough to remember when we would say the Lord's Prayer at school? It's an interesting memory that we have in our country. We won't get onto that this morning. Um, but here is the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now here, this is prayers, this, the things that I just read aren't necessarily just the things of repetition. I would say that these are elements of good, effective praying, that these are elements of what am I gonna talk to my father about? Jesus is teaching us what things that we should focus on when we go to talk to God. Because generally speaking, when we, when we, when we think about maybe a prayer habit when we don't pray a lot, we're just, prayer becomes like this emergency thing, right? Like, oh my gosh, I need something from God and I haven't spent any time talking to God, but God, I just need you to do this. And we kind of get into deal-making mode, right? God, if I, if I go to church every Sunday this month, will you do this for me? Or if I do this, God, will you do this for me? And I just need you to do this right now. But here Jesus is giving us these elements. And I think there's some sort of importance to uh, what he's teaching us as it, relates, as it relates to teaching us how to pray. So the first one that we would see, the first thing he tells us to do is that we would worship first. And this is why worship is um, a big part of our church. This is why worship is the first thing that we should do when we gather on a Sunday, that we are worshiping God, that we are giving our attention to God. And just to remind you that our worship team up here is not up here to entertain you and they're not your worship proxies. They're, they're not for you just to sit and watch them worship. They are leading you in worship. So follow them and worship. You know, you're, they're, not, you're, they're not your worship avatars. They're gonna worship for me and I'm gonna show up and I'm like, I'm just gonna show up for the preaching. I'm gonna skip the worship part because I don't like the songs. You're missing the point. You liking the songs is, is not the point of our worship team and, and what we're choosing. You are supposed to engage in worship. If you, if you are saying, I don't like the songs, you're missing the point of worship. We're not, we're not doing it for you. 
Are you here this morning? We're doing it so you can worship, that you can worship God, that you can give your attention to God. We're not, we're not choosing those things that you will like it. See, you will like it is us worshiping you. Are you happy? If we choose the right song that you did, no, 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 we're not, we're not doing it for that reason. Worship God, they're leading you in worship. Worship, engage your heart, engage your mouth, engage your face, smile at them as they lead you. Don't be like, good luck in leading me today. Sing, lift your hands, clap. These are all biblical things to do. Worshiping God. This is what Jesus says. When we pray, our Father, hallowed be your name. Worship God first. Psalm 100 verse one says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. He who made us, so we worship him. We are his. We are the sheep of his pasture. Verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And this, again, is another reason why we worship at church. This is why we gather to worship is that we are showing our children that God is first. We're gathering together with a bunch of other families who have put God first in their lives. And what are we gonna do? We're gonna show up and we're gonna worship God. We're gonna show up and we're gonna give an offering. We're gonna show up and we're gonna serve. All of these things are on display for all generations. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Big part of our prayers. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're spending, I'll math it out for you a little bit here. If you're spending 15 minutes in prayer, at least the first five minutes should be worship, thankfulness. And if you start actually thanking God humbly for all of the things in your life, you will go on for a while thank you for this and thank you for this. And then it reminds you of something else that you should be thankful for. And just, man, what are we coming? We're just entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So we worship first. The next thing, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We, got, we want God's will on earth like God's will happens in heaven, in the kingdom of God, there is no hindrance to the will of God in the dwelling place of God. But here in the earth, there's lots of hindrances. There's sin and there's people and there's choices and there's uh, the will of man and all these things. And so what are we asking God for? We want your kingdom to come. See, we still haven't even got to what I want, what I'm needing from God. We're gonna worship, we're gonna give our attention to God. The next thing, what are we gonna do? Your kingdom, God. God, I want your will for my life. This was our focus a little bit uh, in worship and prayer night on Wednesday. Just the, the best thing that we can do in 2023 is the will of God for our lives. There's nothing higher than that. God, I want your kingdom ways. I want your will to be done, not just my will, not just the things that I want. God, I'm desiring your will. On earth, where we live, 
where there's hindrances, where there's struggles, where there's sin. I want your will here. Just like it is in heaven where there is no hindrance, where your will is done. We're desiring this. Matthew 6, says, but seek first the kingdom of God. One pastor said it like this. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. Another, the place of God's rule that we desire this for our lives, as individuals, for our family, for our church, what we're doing as a church. We want the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. So we've got two first things. We've got worship first and then desiring the kingdom of God, his will, his ways first and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And and in context there, which is still the same chapter that we're reading in, that all of these natural things about what we would wear and what we would eat and all these things for our lives, which God wants us to have, God is a provider, but he wants us to seek him first, not just these things, not just the things he provides. When we seek him, he provides what we need, but we seek God's will first, that we're after God's will. Next thing, give us this day our daily bread. Now, bread, obviously, is just, it was thought of as sort of a basic part of physical sustenance. But he's not just talking about physical bread. He's talking about spiritual food. Uh, Matthew chapter four, verse three says this, when Jesus was tempted, the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Give us this day our daily bread. So in other words, prayer should be a daily thing. And what are we asking God for? God, give me today what I need to know from you. What is the word of God for me today? What are you asking for me to do today? And listen, if we, sometimes we were wanting some sort of spectacular answer with those things, but here, here's some things that we already know from the word of God. And, and I'll speak for what I know God wants me to do. God wants me to be a good husband. God wants me to be a good dad. God wants me to be a good pastor. God wants me to study the word. God wants me to, like, I don't have to like, oh God, I don't know your will. I I know a lot of what he already told me to do. What is your word for me today? Because this is what we live on, inspired by thoughts, not just physical food. Physical food will sustain our bodies, but what is driving our life? Lord, give me this day your daily thought for me. What are you leading me to do today? So we're getting a daily supply from God. The next thing we see in the Lord's prayer. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now we know at the core, at the center of our relationship with God is forgiveness, that he forgives us. The reason that we are called the righteousness of God is because God offers us forgiveness from our sins, from our past. The scripture says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So forgiveness is key in the kingdom of God. So here in this prayer time, what are we reminding ourselves? Oh, I need forgiveness. 
I need to come to you for forgiveness because I am not a perfect human being. And then it says this, and we also have forgiven our debtors. We, so here's a part for us in our prayer time, we are supposed to examine ourselves if we have any grudges, if we have any bitterness, if we have any ought against anyone else. And this is supposed to be in our prayer time. We, we see that the scripture tells us, Jesus tells us that story. Hey, if you're, if you're there worshiping at the altar and you remember somebody has something against you, you know, leave your thing there and then go and make it right and then come back. What are, what are those areas that we need to forgive, that we are forgiving, that we are, because we know God is offering forgiveness to us all the time. He is completely faithful in his forgiveness. Are, are we Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Now this is talking to the church. What does it say? Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God, in, God forgave you. So what do we do? If God forgives us, what do we do? We forgive. So we never not come to church because we're mad at somebody. I just don't want to see them. No, you need to go see them so that you can forgive them. So you can actually do the word of God. Lord, show me your will today. Uh, Forgive your brother and sister. Not that, Lord. I I need something else from you today. (laughs) We need to be the ones leading the way in forgiveness. Forgive one another. Why? Because... God in Christ has forgiven us. This is a part of the Lord's prayer. And then the end part is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This point is plan to avoid sin and ask for God's help. Plan to avoid sin and ask God's for help. I looked up one commentator and he said this. The request do not lead us into temptation is not to suggest that God causes temptation, but is a rhetorical way to ask for his protection from sin. And this is what we are asking God for. God, I I want your help to avoid sin. We all know when we've sinned, when we messed up, when we've stepped out of the will of God, that there are consequences that we face. When we do that, not eternal consequences. We know God is forgiving us for our sin, but when we have messed up, when we've done some wrongs, we know sometimes there's stuff to deal with, right? There's people to deal with and situations to deal with when we have sinned. And so in this prayer, in the Lord's prayer, Jesus is telling us, this is how we should pray. Lord, thank you that you are leading me out of temptation. I want to follow your kingdom ways. I want to do your will. Verse, uh, Romans 8, verse 12 says this. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now, what does that mean? That means if we let our bodies rule our lives and take all the desires of our physical body and let them be in charge we will die. We know that that's true. 
Think of all, without me listing them, think of all the desires of your flesh, your physical body. If you take those to the nth degree, what happens? You die and you kill all of your relationships along the way. It just leads to death when we let our bodies rule our lives. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. See, this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to live our life in Christ that Jesus is the rule of our lives, that we are seeking after the kingdom of God when we pray. And this is what prayer does. Answered prayer, the only prayers that get answered are the ones that we ask according to the will of God. 1 John 5, 14 tells us that. When we pray, we ask according to the will of God. And this is what prayer does when we do it the right way. We are setting ourselves in the stream of God's ways. God, I set myself in your will. I remind myself about your lordship in my life. My, my body's not in charge of my life. You are. And as we finish this morning, as we are praying, as we get our journal this month to, to remind us to spend some time with God, let's think about somebody else we can pray for. All of these things that I just read in the Lord's Prayer, these are things that we're supposed to be praying for ourselves, which we should. But who else can I be praying for? Ephesians 6 verse 18 says this, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So even as we're in this moment right now, my expectation in this moment for you is that the Holy Spirit will be prompting you for somebody else you should be praying for right here in this moment. I'm just expecting God to bring somebody to your mind. Could be a family member, could be your spouse, could be a child, could be a parent, could be a cousin, could be a friend. Just right here in this moment. Because here the scripture is telling us that we should be praying for the saints, our brothers and sisters. So as we are praying, as we're going through the Lord's prayer, as we're going through the journal this week, let's remind ourselves to pray for that person, that person that God is laying on our hearts. Let's just pray today. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we can spend time with you. We thank you that we can talk to you, that you listen when we pray, that we don't have to storm the gates of heaven, that you listen when we talk, when we worship, when we desire your will and desire your ways, that we can just spend time in your presence 
breathing in who you are, praying according to your word and to your ways. God, we pray that the adjustments that we need to make in our lives that we start out this new year. What new thing do you have for us to do? What thing are you asking us to set aside? What new habit are you asking us to pick up? What new choice are you asking us to make? God, we seek after your kingdom. We seek after your ways. Let's just all raise up one hand right now. God, we desire your ways. We reach out to you today. We submit ourselves again to you. We surrender our lives to you. God, we desire your will, your kingdom to come, your will to be done. God, we don't wanna bring the things of the past forward with us. We wanna leave all those things behind. that we can walk into this new year new with you, that you are making us new, that you are restoring us, that you are restoring our soul. That we purpose to follow your voice and your ways. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, there's no better way to start out your 2023 than to say yes to Jesus. I'm gonna lead everyone here in a prayer in a second. And if you have never said yes to Jesus, this prayer will just be a starting place for you uh, of your discipleship in God. The good news, the gospel is all about Jesus, that he came lived a sinless life, died on the cross, God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, God offers us his righteousness. Righteousness just means right standing with God. And we don't get right standing with God because we're perfectly moral people because we aren't. All we can do is receive the gift that God offers. It's just called grace. God just offers us this relationship with himself. And all we have to do is say yes. So if you have never said yes, to Jesus, I invite you to pray along with me. Or maybe you're here this morning and you know what? You feel like you used to be close to God and then you're not anymore. Maybe something happened to you. Maybe something happened at church. Listen, I understand that. But you know, God is not mad at you this morning. God invites you close to himself again. You pray along with me as well today. So church, let's bow our head and close our eyes today. Praying with someone who might be praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So I say yes to that relationship today. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's congratulate those that did that today. 
Hey, if that is you this morning, you either said yes to Jesus for the very first time or you rededicated your life to Christ, there's a connect card in the seat and seat pocket in front of the one we mentioned earlier in the service. Take a few seconds, fill out that card, check off the appropriate box. And if you turn that card on the info desk in the lobby, we actually have some materials that we would love to put into your hand that will help you on your journey of faith. But just take a few seconds and do that this morning before you leave. We congratulate you on that decision. Uh, just a reminder that we are kicking off our city groups again uh, starting late January. So you can head over to the info desk to find out more information about that. Or if you maybe want to lead a city group, we would love um, to give you that opportunity. You can let them also know that at the info desk. Listen, if you came to church this morning hoping to have somebody to pray with you or for you, um, some of our church leaders will be up here at the front immediately after service is dismissed. Some of them are coming right now. And if you would like them to pray for you or agree with you in prayer about anything, uh, they will be up here and be happy to do that after we dismiss here shortly. Let's all stand up together today. Remember to take your journal with you. Do not leave it on your chair, especially if you put your name in it. Go ahead and grab that. Thanks for coming to church today. You are dismissed. Have a great afternoon.